Welcome to the Talking Poem Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Green. Usually I have on a guest to talk about any poem that they'd like, but this week is a bite-sized episode of the kind that I call short form. And today I want to talk about something that probably sounds amorphous, but there's a reason for it. There are two poems that capture sort of the energy of life and motion. The poems are Marge Piercy's The Cat's Song and Edward Hirsch's poem Fast Break. They're very different poems. The impetus is that one of mine and my wife's cats, Sophie, passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I want to pay tribute to him. Uh, yes, by the way, Sophie was a boy, a cat with hair so long um, that the first people who took care of him apparently misread his genitals. So the first poem, Marge Piercy's The Cat's Song, it's more obvi- it's obviously about cats, whereas Fast Break is not. And it captures something really meaningful, I think, about the peculiar intimate relationships that we can have with our pets, with cats in particular, because sometimes when a pet passes away, And it can be devastating for those of us, like it was devastating for me and my wife. And people will say, oh, but it's just a pet. It's just a cat. And one of the things that I appreciate a great deal about this Marge Piercy poem is that it makes clear that there is something much more meaningful going on than than something that can be dismissed as just a pet. So, The Cat's Song by Marge Piercy. Mine, says the cat putting out his paw of darkness. My lover, my friend, my slave, my toy, says the cat, making on your chest his gesture of drawing milk from his mother's forgotten breasts. Let us walk in the woods, says the cat. I'll teach you to read the tabloid of sense, to fade into shadow, wait like a trap, to hunt. Now I lay this plump, warm mouse on your mat. You feed me, I try to feed you. We are friends, says the cat, although I am more equal than you. Can you leap twenty times the height of your body? Can you run up and down trees, jump between roofs? Let us rub our bodies together and talk of touch. My emotions are pure as salt crystals and as hard. My lust glow like my eyes. I sing to you in the mornings, walking round and round your bed and into your face. Come, I will teach you to dance as naturally as falling asleep and waking and stretching long, long. I speak greed with my paws and fear with my whiskers. Envy lashes my tail. Love speaks me entire, a word of fur. I will teach you to be still as an egg and to slip like the ghost of wind through the grass. I really love this poem for a lot of reasons. It's funny and has this surprising intensity that develops at the end. For cats, their world seems to me like this skill, in a way, turned into art. And I know there's a danger of people projecting their emotions onto their pets or their human attributes. And... I know I've done it plenty of times, but part of what I love about this poem is that it looks for some of the human-animal similarities, but it's also, it's really interested in the peculiarity of the way in which cats interact with us and interact with the world. Cats can seem barely domesticated sometimes. They are incredibly willful and instinctual. They can be very affectionate 
yet they also move with what seems like a pride and at times even an arrogance in their abilities that I think the poem gets at. And they're leaping and they're hunting. I should say our cats are not outside cats. And the one time that Sophie could have caught us a mouse, he failed miserably. He was just in awe and had no idea what to do. It was, it was like seeing me as a junior high or high school person standing in front of his crush. It was, it was, it was a sad moment for him. But he lo did love, I should say, bringing us a toy, and he would yowl at us to notice his catch, and he would just stare at us right in the eyes. The last lines of the Marge Piercy poem, they bring these resonant words, egg and ghost, together in such a surprising way. And thinking about those words, the, the realms that they move us through, the conception of the egg and the afterlife of the ghost, I will teach you to be still as an egg which is such a lovely, lovely simile, the idea of the egg and its stillness and its roundness, and to slip like the ghost of wind through the grass. I just, uh, the sound of it is fantastic, and there's something sinister and lovely about it, and there's something delicate about it, which makes sense because cats themselves are delicate, and as the poem suggests, they are our teachers, they are our friends, they are our intimates, they're our children, you know, the way that they are needing against us in that affection, the way that instinctively the theory goes, or one theory goes, that they, you know, used to try and increase milk secretion from a mother's teat. But we aren't their owners, and they don't quite own us either. It's 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 a hard relationship to put a name on because it is, in a way, so many things. When I would lie down, Sophie would, he would climb on my torso and he would just lie down, put his muzzle right up to mine, or he would, you know, wedge his butt between my jaw and the side of my throat like he was a violin for me to play. It was very sweet and it was a gesture of trust and also of supreme confidence. You are mine. You are meant to show me your love and give me your warmth. Now scratch my haunches until my purr vibrates through your spine. It was just such a lovely gesture and, and always sweet and always warm. And those relationships are just so complicated and mean so much to us in so many ways. Before I get to the second poem, we do have a very brief cat-related ad. This comes to us from the cat food brand Edna St. Vincent Meow. After one mouthful of food from Edna St. Vincent Meow, your cat will say, what food my lips have kissed, and where and why I have forgotten. That is, until now. Edna St. Vincent Meow, available only at discerning pet food stores. The second poem is utterly unrelated to cats, yet it somehow captures part of Sophie's essence in a very strange way. Like many cats, he could move in a very clumsy way, you know, I sometimes when I'm trying to walk through a door, I'll bump my shoulder against the door frame because I just have a terrible sense of physical space. And sometimes he could be, you know, he could just miss a step and it would just be like, what, what are you doing, bud? But he was also, he could move in this really artfully fluid way and be very pinpoint. Like if he was being chased by one of the other cats or if he were chasing, he could climb a kitty condo, leap to the chest of drawers and then jump back and fly in an arc over the cat chasing him. He would land in a sprint and just, it seemed natural and elegant and precise. And the Edward Hirsch poem, Fast Break, which is about basketball, it has this kind of movement. It moves as Sophie did at his most elegant. So this is the poem, Fast Break, by Edward Hirsch. And it has an epigraph in memory of Dennis Turner, 
1946 to 1984. A hook shot kisses the rim and hangs there, helplessly, but doesn't stop. And for once, our gangly starting center boxes out his man and times his jump perfectly, gathering the orange leather from the air like a cherished possession and spinning around to throw a strike to the outlet who is already shoveling an underhand pass toward the other guard, scissoring past a flat-footed defender who looks stunned and nailed to the floor in the wrong direction, trying to catch sight of a high, gliding dribble and a man letting the play develop in front of him in slow motion almost exactly like a coach's drawing on the blackboard, both forwards racing down the court the way that forwards should, fanning out and filling the lanes in tandem, moving together as brothers passing the ball between them without a dribble, without a single bounce hitting the hardwood, until the guard finally lunges out and commits to the wrong man, while the power forward explodes past them in a fury, taking the ball into the air by himself now and laying it gently against the glass for a layup, but losing his balance in the process, inexplicably falling, hitting the floor with a wild, headlong motion for the game he loved like a country, and swiveling back to see an orange blur floating perfectly through the net. It's a virtuoso performance in a way. It's one long sentence, and it glides from beginning to end, all the way across these couplets. There's a rebound at one end of the court and a layup at the other end across 17 couplets with one sentence. And so the couplets create this regularity and at the same time the enjambment, and most of the lines are enjammed, they establish this feeling of precision in difficulty, but along with a kind of grace that feels like it comes naturally. And so much of that in the poem comes from verbs. It's a poem very much of action and movement. And it's just a single basketball play. And what seems to happen for the unnamed people on the court who are basically by position is that we see thought fade and muscle memory takes over. And it's all about that present push up the court and letting the body just take over as the moment itself becomes central to life, the game he loved like a country. And what I like about the poem in part is it captures the way there can be an elegance and a beauty and a grace in a moment like that. And also the sport doesn't become this artifice for creating nobility or establishing some bizarre moral rule like the good guys win. And it doesn't become this anecdote in which someone, you know, overcomes some sort of obstacle. Instead, it becomes a tribute to people giving themselves over to the moment itself and doing something that they take a real pleasure in and and, and a joy. And I think of Sophie because he moved like that. He seemed to exist at times in this perfect present moment of being feline. He could be graceful and violent and precise, confounding, impossible. And he was a good boy. Sophie was a great boy. And I've spent most of my life as a dog person, and I still am. Yet in part because of Sophie, I'm also now a cat person. I'm sure that there are people who feel like you have to choose, you know, the same way that you're supposed to choose between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But the same way that I like both of those bands for different reasons, I love dogs and cats for different reasons. They're both, for me, now essential, and they are both their own, both as animals and as individuals with their 
personalities and their affections and their stubbornness and their joy and their calm and warmth. So Sophie, buddy, wherever you are, we love you. We miss you. We miss you and we love you. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go read some poems, go pet some dogs and some cats, and support striking workers wherever you find them. Bye.